Okay, guys, so we're actually going to bring in right now Mr. Manny Anacall, friend of the show, joins us on a regular basis to talk about what goes on behind the scenes in the world of esports. And we, of course, do have so much to talk about right now. So, Manny, thanks so much for joining us again. Really appreciate it as always, man. Absolutely, man. How are you doing? Have a good week. I, you know, my house flooded. Uh, Twitch crashed five minutes before my video show went live today. So it's not bad. It's a pretty standard week. So we're you doing know, all right. I was, I was actually going to bring that up. So you, you brought it up yourself. Unfortunately, we have to begin with that. How does someone get the house flooded twice in a span of less than one year? So, for those of you who don't know, and I'll give the TLDR version of this, I live, of course, in bright, sunny California, which has not had rain in approximately 38,000 years. Uh, Well, unfortunately, we're getting record amounts of rain over the past few months, and the ground is really not sustainable for holding a lot of groundwater. Now, build on top of that that I have an apartment at the seat of Mount Diablo, which is the only decent-sized mountain in the area, and everything runs downhill, and basically all the groundwater is pooling up and rolling through the side of my house. So they're sending contractors over to do, like, construction over the next month or so. It's fun. Oh, my God, that's terrible. I really feel bad about you. And the one thing I'll say really quickly is that, you know, people, I've been through a flood myself before. I grew up in Florida, so, uh, you know, surrounded by water. But what I would <laughs> say is that, um, you know, people don't realize, you know, like, fire, it's, you know, A, you have firefighters that come over to help you out. But, two, you know, unfortunately, that happens to you. A fire wipes everything out. A flood, not only is there no flood fighters that come help you out, you're kind of stranded. But then once it's kind of you get a chance to actually clean it up, all your stuff is looking at you completely ruined and disheveled, right? You still have to go through that experience as well. Well, you know what? It's funny because I learned my lesson the first time we removed everything that could have potentially been of value from that area, and it just so happened to hit it again. So, ha-ha! At least we were prepared this time. Um, Absolutely. Well, at least uh, you can get back into your Counter-Strike. So let's kick it off. What do you want to chat about? Okay, so today, though, mostly what I want to talk about is the fact that the first... I don't, I don't want to call it major. We could define that in a few different ways. But recently, the, the first big exclusive deal that has been signed in a while was the ESL Pro League, uh, broadcasting your English stream on YouTube. They're not broadcasting it on Twitch. And I kind of wanted to get your reactions to the first couple of days of broadcast here, because from my perspective, viewership has been okay, but people were more loyal to Twitch and their native language than they were willing to come over and watch an English stream on YouTube. Uh, it seems the numbers have improved a little bit today, but I expected there to be some sort of a differentiation in the broadcast from Twitch, and there's just not. There's chats, there's a good quality stream, don't get me wrong, I'm not looking for them to compete with Twitch on their community features, but give me something if this is your big launch as a major league, don't you think? Yeah, you, I think you said Twitch when you meant YouTube gaming, right? Oh, I'm sorry, YouTube gaming, I apologize, yes. Right. Yeah, no worries, no worries. I just wanted to make sure I was following you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's like, you know, we talked about a while ago, like Google's in sort of like, you know, one of the four, you know, horsemen of the apocalypse that, you know, I don't want to mess with. So, I, you know, I think in the mm-hmm. long term, you know, never counts sort of YouTube and Google out. You know, I think, you know, they're sort of maybe potentially sputtered a little, a little late to the game. But again, you know, like I think we talked about a couple of shows ago, they're just printing money on the VOD side where, mm-hmm. you know, live and esports is, you know, again, it's it's not a multi-billion dollar industry from an advertising perspective. Yeah, and you know, Google has that in YouTube and, and their and their massive scale there. So I think I think you know they're going to roll out slowly. But I think to your point is, you know, I was a little surprised too. I would have expected a little bit more bells and whistles, but maybe potentially they're just taking again, you know, a slower approach because they haven't jumped in head first or are willing to write the big checks uh, like Facebook has done or even um, obviously Turner's done 
um, with with Valve and Counter Strike. So I think you know just maybe giving them some time. But I was a little surprised as well. I'll concur with you on that. But what I will say is, I think just speaking of Twitch though, from their potential advantage being on the top of the hill for so long, I think you're going to see a lot of competitors come after them in the near term. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I, I just. It's not that, like, I think they should have had this amazingly perfect, from day one, ready-to-go, awesome experience, but, like, to a degree, if, if you have this recently expanded league, if you're making an effort and you made big news by, by buying this out exclusively, I, again, I'm read, or I'm paid to read in between the lines, right? So maybe I'm reading too far in between the lines here, but this signal that I'm getting is basically we're doing this because financially this makes sense. This was a business deal with YouTube, um, but we're not necessarily going to confer you any sort of a benefit as a viewer for going along and taking this risk with us. Um, maybe, again, I'm reading too far into that but that's the initial impression i got when i tuned in and i was like oh well there's nothing different here at all yeah and i think that's also uh, you know another factor that you know when we talk about just being so close to the fire on a consistent basis i think you know sometimes it you know, for me at least it helps to try to take a step back because we're just so in the weeds in esports on a daily basis mm-hmm. you know i think sometimes i think you know in this case you know, potentially it could be just a, uh, an issue of them, you know, willing to waiting to stretch their legs a little bit more. But I think what's going to be really interesting going forward is, you know, let's talk about what Turner and Valve did with their major, right? Which mm-hmm. I think YouTube and, and again, I think Amazon's going to do that with Twitch Prime going forward, which is how do you integrate viewership and engagement with the actual game? So, you know, if you were watching and obviously, you know, connected your Steam account, you got access to drops, and those drops are very rare, right? They only drop like a couple hundred mm-hmm. for the, you know, multiple times throughout the event, but only a couple hundred were dropped to, you know, the potential one million people that were currently watching it towards the end, you know? So I think that from a viewership and like what's going to be different about how a viewer engages with streaming and esports and gaming going forward, I think some of those things are really cool. And there are other, a few stars that are pushing that as well. Yeah, for sure. And we're talking here, of course, with Manny Anacol. You can find him on Twitter, at Manny Anacol, and uh, uh, he publishes most of his content over at TNL.media, and uh, he's also uh, starting to move into the team ownership space. He's been picking up people on the uh, sports game side of things, and I, of course, bring that up right now because that's my transition to sports games. Huzzah! Um, we have had a big initiative, obviously, by EA to push sports games. You and I have talked about this a couple of times. I don't think we need to rehash that. But specifically over this weekend, there was a big deal made, of course, by EA saying, we're going to have um, eSports for the very first time on ESPN 1. It's not ESPN 2. It's not ESPN 3. It's ESPN 1. It's on tape delay during the Super Bowl, but it's on ESPN one guys. It's amazing. This is ESPN. It's on tape delay during the Super Bowl. Like, so, I mean, I, I, I got a very weird message from this as well. Am I glad to see that ESPN is continuing to take broadcast chances on esports and they're finding games that align with their demographic? I love that. Of course, I think that's fantastic. Um, but it does seem like this wasn't really all that big of a deal. All things considered, right? Yeah, you know, and I read your article on that, and I would say, you know, I pretty much, you know, agreed on a lot of those points, you know. I, but I think, there's again, there's a couple of things to consider, which is, you know, EA needed to, obviously, they're going to try to get as much PR and marketing out of it, having, hey, the weekend of the Super Bowl, we're going to have two of our esports titles, both Madden 17 and FIFA 17, be shown on multiple TV networks, being, you know, ESPN, obviously, which is more highly touted, 
uh, but Univision Deportes, which did their second uh, stream, as well as the NFL Network, uh, which now did their second uh, broadcast as well. So I think, you know, from that perspective, to your point is like, okay, those that are really watching FIFA, you know, we're going to watch it live, not on a tape delay. And, you know, counter-programming against the Super Bowl is obviously very, very challenging as well, you know, from the FIFA perspective. So, but now this is the way you look at it when you look at the actual numbers, though. So when I looked at the numbers, what I wrote about today is, that, you know, the tape-delayed FIFA 17 Paris regionals, when you compare that number against last year, what they showed on the same time the Super Bowl at 6.30 p.m. on February 7th of last year, it was mm-hmm. Spike Lee's short, uh, short films or whatever it was, Spike Lee Little Joins Part 1. And that actually did about, about 35% more viewers than tape-delay, right? So that t- speaks to your point of that. Those that are potentially interested in, again, it's the Super Bowl, um, but that shows you, well, why didn't at least match what they put on last year? So I think it's all fair points. But, they ha- again, ESPN makes so much more money than actually what they're going to get from their sports program and what they're currently getting from esports right now. It's a very tough call to kind of put it on at more of a premiere time, especially Sunday when ESPN has so much uh, sports media rights they broadcast on Sunday night, especially with you know football and other things like that. Um, and and baseball, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they program in next. Um, you know, I don't I don't expect if ESPN does get Evo again this year, I don't expect it to move to ESPN. I would love to see it at ESPN, but if they give it a premiere slot on ESPN two, I'll take that because again, at the end of the sure. day, ESPN two is as many houses as ESPN is. It's still in you know eighty five ninety million homes, so it's nothing you know not drastically different. ESPN just has the cachet being the flagship. Right. No, definitely. I can appreciate that. Um, and uh, I want to know, though, just your prediction, will there ever be a dedicated traditional media esports network? We see them popping up in different parts of the world, in different in different countries. My take on this is kind of that I don't think we're going to have one until traditional media is like truly irrelevant. Like it'll be one of those last grasp kind of things of people trying to salvage their numbers from the the impending doom in March of all the online providers will be to be like, Oh, we're cool and hip now. Well, here's an esports network. Like I feel that someone will try and ham fist one at some point. But uh, at this point, I don't think we're ever going to see an American truly traditional media esports network. I think it's going to be all online at this point. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I mean, to your point, you know, we've obviously seen Jenks in the UK and additional territories they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned last week that there's now a 24 seven, esports channel coming up in Australia. The Australian one's actually a joint venture with the uh, Malaysian um, 24-7 esports channel they have there. They're essentially just licensing their content. But, you know, it's a very good question. I mean, you're seeing what's happening. I mean, we, we talk about it continually, uh, which is, you know, the fragmentation of the media market here in the U.S. and what's happening throughout the world. You're seeing, you know, again, you know, drop in consumption. I mean, even though this is the first Super Bowl that went into overtime, it didn't draw the most amount of viewers. I'm guessing maybe because the majority of them probably left after halftime thinking that the game was over, right? Uh, So that potentially could have been it. Um, So I think uh, that's a very good question. And I I do see that, you know, the move towards just either, you know, OTT subscription and bundles is sort of the future. I mean, again, the Super Bowl is still the biggest engagement. You're not going to find over 100 million people in this country tuning into one program for three hours or four hours, three to four hours, as it may be. I'm right. actually at Super Bowl. So I think the Super Bowl still has a large cachet. But it will 24-7 eSports Network come here in the U.S.? I'm not so sure, but if it does come, 
more than likely it's going to have to come um, through pipes versus, you know, watching it through the traditional uh, dumb boxes we've done for so many years. <laughs> No, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, okay, so so uh, last question here, and this is okay. This is a weird question. This is non esports related, but uh, I, I want to see what you think of this. I I have I have a theory, and you actually alluded to it there when you said that a lot of people left the Super Bowl at halftime, and of course missed what's one of the greatest comebacks in football history, much less Super Bowl history. Right um, now, do you think that so many people left? Partially because of this narrative that we've been hearing so much in the public uh, and so much in news about how we lock ourselves into echo chambers and stuff like that. And so when something doesn't go right or something is perceived as being a little bit boring or something like that, we just immediately want to turn it off and go to something that's going to be more immediately gratifying to what we like. Um, Do you think there's any bit of that in this in the Super Bowl this year? Because, God, some people missed a hell of a game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought it was funny. I saw like you know you know you see all the celebrities and whatever the the, the athletes you know leave leave the game. And I was like, there's some really like Mark Wahlberg left like right when Brady was just started his his first round. I was like, wow, I thought you guys were deep down Patriots fans. But right. I think to your yeah to your to your question, I think there's there's two things there. I think you know one your really high level question is you know do we have short attention spans, instant gratification? I mean, I think that's absolutely the case. I mean, I just sure. think the way. You know, technology has enabled a lot of fantastic things in, in our lives, and I think it's enriched our lives to a great degree. But I think you know, on the flip side, you know, I believe in the duality of life with everything good. You know, there comes a little bit of bad, and, you know, it has too much access has been granted. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, we've kind of flipped that. So, you know, you look at Netflix, you look at, you know, and you want the entire season right now, and you're going to binge five, ten episodes, like, you know, over the weekend or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's just part of our, our, unfortunately, our new DNA right now. Is that right or wrong? You know, I can't really say. I mean, I think some things are unfortunate that we have to look at as just human beings, right? But then to your point about, hey, going to something else, it's, you know, the Super Bowl is like an event, right? You know, parties or bars or whatever. You know, I would, I, I would be more surprised if they were like, okay, what else is on or what else am I going to do it to? I just think they were just like, hey, this game's kind of boring. The Patriots aren't doing anything in the first half. The Falcons are just running out. You know, I'm going to go take a walk or like go out to my wife or something like that, right? They're probably doing something else completely. But I think, you know, it's really more to your point about that instant gratification. That's just, uh, that's just the way our society has unfortunately turned into. Yeah, isn't that the case? Good Lord. And I know you and I can talk about that for hours. Well, hey, Manny, thank you so much as always. Always appreciate your perspective. And uh, we'll get you on again soon because uh, I really want to get your perspective on on this, uh, uh, on what's happening with FIFA. So as we get deeper into that season, uh, I'll be curious to bring you back on then. So thanks so much, man. Absolutely, man. Have a great week.